Halloween week. It is. Can you believe it? The scariest time of year is upon us again. It's about time. Could you even imagine what life would be like without it? You know, I think I could. It would just be a lot less happy and candy-filled. Without it, Halloween? Lots, a lot less diabetics in the United States, Brian. Man, why you gotta hate on candy? <laughs> I just... Oh, yeah, enjoy your fall, by the way. Here it is. It's a foot of snow next week, so don't... Is that uh, what they're saying? Yeah. Nuh-uh. 12 inches of snow in this area next Ugh. week. Jesus. That'll... It'll be like a dusting. Yeah. 12 inches. It'll probably just be a little shitter. If it actually is 12 inches, oh my god. It actually said 12 inches. Yeah, foot of snow next Wednesday. We're getting a Mandingo-sized snowstorm. We're getting a big fat black cock. (laughs) And that means we gotta fucking set up goddamn tents and shit at work. Yep. Otherwise, your mortar will get full of water. I no, thought it just you said won't set up. I thought you said you're like constantly warm at work in the winter because you have like a confined space. Your well, yeah, I'm saying we have to build that confined space. Mm. It doesn't just appear out of nowhere. Yeah, like Cody. I said last year during the polar vortex, man, we had to fucking <laughs> Don't build use that word polar vortex. That's you know when up. it was fucking twenty below zero. That was like one day. Herschel. Yeah, and that was the day that we had to build scaff that was like fucking 45 <laughs> feet tall and then build a fucking shelter around it. I still remember that day because I was filling up gas and I touched the metal handle and mm. I remember how cold mm. oh, yeah. that metal handle was. It was insane. Yeah, I had like my thin regular work gloves on underneath a pair of like winter gloves with like my Under Armour fucking face mask and <laughs> shit that day. And the scaff was still, like, cold through the gloves, mm-hmm. and the wind, like, the face mask did nothing. Mm-hmm. It Might was, as well have been wearing nothing at all. I, I yeah. still remember it was so cold, like, the garage doors kept breaking at work. Yep. <clears throat> I wonder if those new ones are going to be Those ones, like, better. shoot the fuck up, so I think so. Yeah, like, shoot something, like, curls up like a fucking yeah. caterpillar does. <laughs> like, uh... Like an Achilles tendon when it fucking... <laughs> oh, Jesus. That's what it looks like, Is that man. what happens? Mm-hmm. It just it's like a drape. It just rolls up? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I wonder how hard it is. Like, when you're doing surgery, like, does it take, like, a team of people to, like, pull uh, it back down? You're basically, like, trying to fucking set a giant <laughs> slingshot again, right? <laughs> Can you imagine the doctors pulling it? And then all the nurses are pulling his back, and it's just like a team effort to pull. Back I mean, I don't like, think it's that <laughs> tough. Be funny, funny. <laughs> oh yeah, they just have great. like a caterpillar, like slowly pulling that, it back. That sounds like <laughs> some uh, 1960s sitcom shit. Oh, Achilles is disgusting. No matter what, I wish we didn't need him. Yeah, that'd be all right. You know, Hostel, uh, the Edge Lord movie. Mm-hmm. Yep, that first part where he cuts him. Mm-hmm. Oh like, yeah, right when he's in that chair. Mm-hmm. Run. Oh, man. Oh. I mean, it looks like a muffin separating. I seen the saddest thing on my way home from work. What'd I, you seen? I <laughs> I was coming home, and uh, there's a whole line of traffic backed up, and I was like, what is going on here? Then I noticed that someone had just hit their dog. <laughs> oh. And it was like, like, I thought in the distance, I couldn't really tell, but I it looked like it wasn't moving, but its tail was still like... Oh, yeah. And when I pull up next to it, just like blood yeah. coming out of me. Like it like I didn't think it was gonna affect me so bad, but I just felt like gross. Yeah. Like for the oh, next like twenty yeah. minutes I just had like the image of that poor dog <laughs> seared into my mind. Dude, oh. something that happened to me that fucked me up for a long time is 
it was probably like five years ago. I was driving home from downtown or something on a Smith Avenue or whatever and coming down actually your street here, I think. Okay. And it used to be your yeah. street too, but well, I, I'm a, I was a block over, <laughs> but no, a fucking cat ran out and I oh, fucking yeah hit it and you oh sicko, I couldn't yeah, do anything. No, you're a sick fuck. It was George. literally like I slammed down my brakes. You killed and, a cat, dude. Like I, it ran out two feet in front of me. Oh, but if it was like it dolphin, was still breathing, but it like mm. dragged itself with its front legs. Oh. I was like, okay. dude. So, like, I was panicking, so I went to, like, all the houses around. I was like, I have no idea what the fuck to do. Finally, some lady came out with a towel and was like, I'm going to bring it to the vet. I was like, thank you. But, like, seeing it with, like, blood out of its mouth, I was, ugh. I was fucked up for a while. You know that old lady went out there and just twisted his neck? Yeah. I hope so. I hope so. Or that somebody got a shovel or something. Just (laughs) put that thing out of its misery, man. Yeah, I'm glad. I think the dog was dead yeah just twitching well like the lady who hit him was pulled over and she's like bawling on the side of the road and here's the other fucked up part so the same people's dog who got hit their other dogs were still running around without leashes on wow like your your dog dog just got people your dog just got hit can you at least put your other dogs on leashes instead of letting them wander around there like what are you you, doing you know when you let your dog off leash when you have an eight-foot-tall fence around yeah, your yeah. entire yard. Or you're in the doggy park where you're yeah. supposed to do that. Yeah, I, do, I don't. It's like just, it just like the perfect storm because they come right over a hill, and that and they must have hit them right when they came over that hill, and it was just... I'm not going to do uh, nothing. They lost a valued pet. That lady yeah. is going to be sad forever. Oh, yeah. <sighs> I, I was very... Cody's sad, sad. forever. Dude, already. I swear to God, when I, I seen it and I just... Or saw it, I guess. And it was just going... <laughs> Don't stop yourself. And I just... I just, life. I just felt gross. Yeah. Like, I didn't feel good. I didn't like to see that poor dog with blood coming out everywhere. Well, on a lighter note, I think someone died down the street from That's a lighter day. note? That is a light. Well, it's note. a human, not okay. a pet. <laughs> All right, Edgelord. Tell know, us there, about it. There were like two fire trucks and an ambulance and a stretcher with a big white sheet with something underneath it. Yeah. Because like I got home and they were like just pulling up, took Bernie out to go potty. And then I was like, oh, crap, I have to go buy, you know, him and the cat food. So I walked out and I saw it. I was like, oh, yeah, someone's dead as fuck. Could have been know, a drill. You know what's funny? At his uh, party last weekend... His dog, we just got there and took a massive dump, right? And uh, <laughs> you were looking for like 10 minutes. Dude. And I walked over and right here, Jordan. It's a big stinky <laughs> dump. <laughs> he took one two nights ago that I was standing not but two feet from him. You know, got the bag ready. And I was like, all right, where the fuck did it go? He was right here. He, like, this shit's not gonna grow legs and walk away. Busted out my phone light to find it just to make sure I got it all. And I was like, <laughs> I cannot find this fucking dump. I was like, where is it? It was in my mouth the whole time. <laughs> so I was like, I'm gonna pretend to pick Uh-oh. something up because there's people out here. And, uh, yeah, I, well, that got taken care of by the, uh, lawn mowing crew, yeah. but. I mean, it's, it's fertilizer in a sense. It just has to dry out. I will say though, like, me leaving that one isn't that bad because, I don't know, the last, like, five days, it seems like no one's been picking up their dog Ew. shit. No. I knew this kid I went to school with, like, I'll never forget, we walked by his house, 
uh, like on a little field trip or whatever. Whole yard, just dog shit everywhere. Just like parents didn't care. Just like shit. Like you can't even walk in the yeah. yard. See, There's like just shit. Everywhere. I get just letting your dog drop them in your yard because you should have like the little bucket and rake thing yeah. that you can just go out and be like, oh, get, here we go. Pick them all up. Rake and go. <laughs> It's easy. Why are we talking about dog shit? So I'm not sure. We're all we're all Listen, feeling this, suburban right now. This has been a wild ride so far. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the very first of five minisodes oh. to celebrate our Patreon launch on Thursday, Halloween. Mm. Oh, yeah. This is just a fun little experiment we're gonna do. Five days straight of podcasting. Yeah, Sunday through Thursday. Yeah, just as a a little treat to tickle the balls of anyone listening that might want to donate some money. <laughs> Woo! All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am Adam. This is the Bumblebutt Podcast. I don't know if I said that. I am Adam. <laughs> Sitting across from me is Cody. Hello, Cody. How are you? I'm uh, I'm doing excellent. How are you? Oh, I'm good. How was your good. week? Uh, week's been all right. It's uh, I felt like a dragger. Didn't, it, it didn't move very fast. No. But I'm glad it's Friday and it's over with. Friday. Friday. <laughs> I I, mi- I miss that. I was uh, trying to look up some of our old favorite cringe videos today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Couldn't find them. They're tough to find these days. I, They're flash in the pan, you know? <sighs> I know. Like, can they just completely just disappear from the internet? I think so. I guess. I mean, no, there's always a way to find something. I couldn't find it. It's so hard. It was that one lady who's putting lip gloss on in her oh, car. Oh, my God. Like, I need a bad bitch yeah, to do my hair. Yeah. I, okay, that's what she said. Maybe I have to look for, I need a bad bitch. Yeah, to do my hair. Because yeah. I, I couldn't find her in... I was watching that uh, Juggalette video mm. where she's like hitting the fucking pole <laughs> when she's fighting with their World of Warcraft guild members. <laughs> Fantastic. It's just good. That is, that is a great one. Oh, that's good. Good job, Cody. Also sitting with me is Jordan. How are you? I am doing fantastic, my man. How was your week? Uh, short work week. Short? Why? Rain. Oh, rain uh, makes corn. Corn. Makes, makes whiskey. whiskey. Whiskey makes my baby a Feel little, little frisky. <laughs> Corn makes ethanol, which makes... Shut the fuck up, Cody. <laughs> I'm thinking in Iowa terms here. Mm. So you had a short work week. You didn't do much at work. What else have you done personally? Oh. Uh, uh, not not a you, lot. Have you touched yourself? No. I have a Loser. beautiful fiancé for that. <laughs> Loser. Oh, that's right. Uh... Although today at work did see something cool. Hmm. Okay. So I think I've told Adam before, but we're working on former NHL star Scott Mellenby's house. <laughs> I didn't know that he was the reason that uh, Florida Panther fans throw rats on the ice after a hat trick. Oh, really? Yeah, because back in 1995, uh, he got what one of his teammates called a rat trick. He scored two goals and killed a rat in the locker room. And he's got like a little trophy case thing with like a fake rat and like some plaques. And then the piece of drywall with the blood of the rat he killed on it. (laughs) And then they wrote like RIP rat one. How did he kill it? I don't know. Did he like slap shot it against the drywall or who knows? Maybe he like stomped it with a skate. Oh, And I actually, like, got to talk to him for a little bit today because, like, in between our stuff, we 
just kind of helped move a bunch of stuff from the garage into the basement and, and whatnot. And he was playing like the wild replay from last night. And mm-hmm. I was like, Oh boy, that was rough. Yeah, He's a- like, Oh, hockey fan. I'm like, fucking love it, dude. So we got to talking and he does not have high hopes for the wild. Well, this no, year. No. What, where do they, where are they getting the rats from to throw on the ice? They're, well, they're like they fake, bring, yeah, they bring yeah. fake oh. ones. I thought like the yeah. whole arena is just infested with rats and everyone just starts stomping them. No, it's not like the there. octopus. For you know what sounds like sweet revenge is if Master Splinter like decapitates that guy. I think that'd oh, be sweet revenge. Yes, for him. yes, yes, yes. You know yes. the only problem with that is Master Splinter isn't real. Well, that's how what do you, you think. know? Yeah, it's just oh, that's as a real as Scott Mellonby. The, so- the, sc- the, the well, soccer- I've actually met Scott Mellonby, so <laughs> I've actually the met soccer Master or the the hockey player is going to charge at Splinter full speed. He's going to turn, flip his arm. He's going to go flying off a building and die. Yep. Just Perfect. like the end like of... Like Goose uh, Howard in the end of <laughs> Fatal Fury. And I will no, say... No, the end of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Remember, oh, he okay, just like yeah. turns and then Shredder goes falling off and dies. <laughs> I mean, I thought we... We were about 10 seconds away from seeing uh, some former NHL enforcer come out, too. Because he's got a Miss Pac-Man and Galaga combo game Mm -hmm. like the big arcade box and the dude who was carrying it on the front he told us after we were like out of the house and back to work and he's like yeah uh if you guys wouldn't have gotten and like grabbed the sides of that when you did i uh that was falling the fuck out of my hands and breaking oh okay we were like, whew, good, because he probably would have kicked all of our asses. <laughs> saved, saved his ass. Should have asked why his bitch ass doesn't have Donkey Kong. No shit. Dumbass Melon B. Uh, that's a much better game for them. I'm just kidding, Melon B. I love you. <laughs> uh, all right, everybody, let's do it. Let's do all it. Right. Episode one. Mini-sode. Take one. us to town. Mm. Halloween, 1957. Two women sat in a parked car in Sun Valley, California. In the driver's seat was Joan Rabel, a photographer ex-hair salon employee, and lesbian from Philadelphia. All right. Joan and her passenger, Goldine Pizer, had an unbreakable, powerful bond. They were both lesbians, and both had tried to hide their shame with heteronormative marriages. I am getting a Bonnie, no. A Bonnie and Bonnie? No, who's the the one movie the girls drive off the cliff? Thelma and Louise. Thelma and Louise, that's what I was thinking. That's how me and Adam are going to go. That's how how Carson Wentz and Nick Foles are going on. Yeah, probably. Going to drive off a cliff together. (laughs) (laughs) See, I just wish this wasn't 1957, so they wouldn't have to hide it. Sure. Shaw. (laughs) (laughs) Shaw. Shaw. (laughs) Rabel had dressed her friend Pizer up for the occasion. She was wearing blue jeans, a tattered khaki jacket, red gloves, and heavy makeup. I feel like this is what Jordan was wearing last week. For his engagement party? <laughs> well, I Dude, think we I were on, here. I had oh. on green pants. Okay. A right. denim jacket. Right. Yes, denim jacket. That's where I got mixed up. He, he had Canadian. red gloves, though. Yeah, yeah, he did have red gloves, for sure. <laughs> well, yeah, they're covered with the blood of my enemies. <laughs> she also had on a domino mask, which is the style of mask a young Dick Grayson would wear to fight crime. Oh, Who's okay. Dick Grayson? That's none of your business. It's if you don't Robin, know, you hey, listen, shit. if you know, you know, listeners, mm. right? Hey, I know Dick Tracy. Boo. <laughs> the mighty river of children out trick-or-treating turned into a creek and then dried up completely. Soon the house the two women were casing would shut down its light for the night. Another successful Halloween in the books. All right, go do it, Ravel said. 
Pizer got out, approached the home, and rang the doorbell, waking Peter Fabiano and his wife Betty. The murder took place a little after 11 p.m. Peter went downstairs, figuring it must just be a trick-or-treater that was running behind on his route. It's a little late for this, isn't it? No. Just then, the paper bag she was holding ruptured. Peter fell, and Pizer ran back to the car. Rabel kissed her and whispered, Thank you. Before speeding away. In later testimony, the women revealed that they had burned their clothes and returned the car to the friend they borrowed it from. So they just went up and shot this guy? Yeah. They just okay. walked up, said trick or treat, motherfucker, <laughs> and put one in his fucking chest. So what was the point of the, the paper bag? To make it look like she, <laughs> like a candy bag. Okay. Like a gun was All in right. there. Do you think, could you do that, that with like one of the pumpkin? That motherfucker got a trick. Okay, if you had like the plastic pumpkin ones, can 1957. You still shoot it? There's you no still... plastics. <laughs> ah, okay. plastic hadn't so been invented me- yet. You have a shrapnel-filled metal pumpkin you're shooting through. Yeah, that'll work. Just yeah. put a grenade in there. Yeah, that's all right. It's basically a makeshift blunderbuss. <laughs> that'll ah, definitely that'll be, definitely look normal when you walk up to somebody's <laughs> house on Halloween. Forget you ever knew me. Rabel said to Pizer before they parted ways. The next day, realizing that she still had the 38 police special she had used to kill Peter Fabiano the night before, Pizer rented a locker at a department store in downtown L.A. and left it there. Betty Fabiano found her husband with a bullet lodged below his heart. Oh, no. Judy Solomon, Betty's 15-year-old daughter from a previous marriage, called the police. Peter was rushed to a nearby hospital, but he never woke up. Betty remained sedated for a few days before making herself available for questioning. So she put herself in a in a coma. She had doctors put like keep her sedated, okay, just to try and deal with some grief. Will they do that still? I don't know. (laughs) Maybe that's like for the hysterical housewife of 1957. You know? Can you imagine if they had the notebook in 1957? No kidding. So many uh, adult men would be going to the hospital to be sedated. Yes, Um, I would have gone. But, uh, oh, never mind. I forgot what I was going to say. Go for it. I forgot what I was going to say. (laughs) Betty told police she'd heard two voices that night. One of them masculine, and the other sounded like a man impersonating a woman. Mm. The police dug further into Peter's background. When a newspaper reported that the shooting was eerily reminiscent to a gangland assassination, police wanted to know why Peter had been a target. Aside from a small misdemeanor charge of bookmaking in 1948, Peter was squeaky clean. Oh, he was a fucking bookie. He was a little. He was a little misdemeanor bookie back in the day. I feel like oh, that would have been cute. That would have been a pretty common practice in the fifties. Right? Yeah, I think you everybody gotta, was taking numbers. Yeah, you gotta just bet a little bit. Mm-hmm. There was only one person Betty could think of that might want to harm Peter: Joan Rabel, a friend of the family. Police pick Rabel up, and almost as soon as they got her to the station, they had to let her out again. There just wasn't enough evidence. So I guess they don't need, like, an arrest warrant or anything in the 50s. They just, like, kind of... Come here, get in the car. Get in the car, wise guy. Get in the car, toots. (laughs) Two weeks later, the murder weapon was found in a department store locker. It was registered to the lab assistant at the Children's Hospital of L.A., 42-year-old Goldine Pizer. That bitch. I would have never guessed they would have even registered a weapon in these days. No shit, Or even, like, (laughs) used a weapon for a murder that they, like, had, yeah. 
What what are you talking about? What are you talking about? about? I'm like, I don't know. I completely lost what I said. Why would they use a weapon in a murder? Okay. Why would they use a weapon that they registered (laughs) in a murder? That's what I was trying to get at. Beautiful. Listen, man, I had a bit of the dumb dumb happen right there. (laughs) Tiny stroke. (laughs) That's probably what it is. Is that an embolism? (laughs) An aneurysm? (laughs) What's an embolism? Yeah, that's a blown something yeah. in your head. I think you don't die from that one. Pulmonary embolism, mm, right? Yeah. One of the football players just had one. Yeah. And he's he'll be back in a few weeks. I'm sure that's the does least it, of his problem. Doesn't even have to go to IR. Perfect. Yeah, great. I'm sure he doesn't. <laughs> I'm sure the NFL doesn't think he does. <laughs> Police arrested Pizer on November 12th. She confessed, claiming Rabel had coerced her into shooting Peter. Rabel was rearrested soon after and both women would hire lawyers almost instantly. Roughly a month later, a judge with the assistant of their attorneys would arrange a face-to-face meeting for the first time since the incident. She told me that Mr. Fabiano was a vile, evil man, a man who destroyed everything around him, said Pizer. She told me that he mistreated his wife and that he was dealing narcotics. When I heard that dealing narcotics, I for some reason L.A. Noir came to my mind. Yeah, I just yeah. kept thinking of those little tubes with yeah. like the syringe on it. Morphine syringe. <laughs> well, what are 1957 narcotics? Probably morphine, some heroin. Mm. Well, I feel like those were all just in like cough syrup back then. Yeah, well, a little heroin? earlier than that. A little earlier than that. <laughs> Tidy bit. <laughs> Uh, she then told police she'd bought a gun using money Rabel had given her, and the pair had driven past the home several times so that Pizer would recognize him. Mm. Peter Fabiano had met his wife Betty in 1940. Peter was freshly out of the Marine Corps, and Betty was a gorgeous divorcee with two children. Originally, they decided to set down roots in Kingston, New York, where Peter worked as a truck driver. But in 1956, they made their move to L.A. to open up Two beauty salons. Fuck yes. They're trying to be fucking moguls. Mm. Hey, this is genius because L.A. isn't the L.A. of what we think of it now. Yeah. So in the 50s, they're ahead of the curve. Right. So they're probably millionaires now. I think so. Well, (laughs) Peter's dead. How? Well, Betty, do you think Peter was messing around with the beauty salons? You know what? I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> they specialize in like the fucking beehive haircuts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The old <laughs> disgusting Bring those beehives. back. Let's do Bring it. I'm in it. Hey man, my mom can still whip up a mean beehive. <laughs> Dude. You should have her do it to you. Oh, my hair's not long enough yet. Can you, but it could be. You could get a perm, right? Like, oh, yeah. You could get a perm. I could like, basically... get like a pate. Pat- oh, you're growing your hair out, you said. Yeah. You're going to look like I did. A long time ago. Yeah, yeah. except I'm actually going to look good. Oh. Because <laughs> you have thick hair and I have really thin hair. Oh. Well, and I just have a beautiful face. It oh. looks like you have curly hair, kind of. Oh, no, my hair is actually like curly or wavy or some weird mm. middle ground between It's either the two. curly or you've never heard of hair conditioner. E- one of the two. Dude, I yeah. use hair conditioner every other day. Okay. Oh. Right. I think you're supposed to do that with shampoo, not conditioner. Both. Both. Okay, both. Peter hired Joan Rabel to work at one of the salons. Rabel was a 40-year-old freelance photographer who had spent time taking writing classes at the University of Honolulu right before the end of the war. Rabel soon became a close friend of the couple, so close that when the marriage started hitting a rough patch, Betty moved in with Rabel. Oh, okay, it's getting juicy. 
Because it was 1957, the LA Times described the women's relationship as abnormal. Of course, they wouldn't say homosexual in a major newspaper at the time. Right. When Peter and Betty reconciled, one of the conditions was no more contact with Miss Joan Rabel. So Peter knew that his wife and Miss Rabel were... They might have been... Doing a little... They uh, might have been a little... little diving in the fairy cup or something, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. After Rabel ran through Betty, she moved on to Pizer. Pizer was born in Rockford, Illinois, and by 1940, she had escaped to L.A. and was working as a secretary. She was briefly married to a naval pharmacist named Herbert Crome. Fuck yeah. Once they were divorced, it left all the room in the world for her abnormal romps with other women. Well, you gotta say it's abnormal. Is that really what they would say? It's like, I'm an abnormal woman? Like, what the the, fuck? Their relationship is abnormal. Okay. Did they have the term, like, lesbian then, you think? Or is it just... I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. The women's trial was scheduled for late December. A judge ordered three psychiatrists to examine the women before the trial. Pizer told one of them, I have no motive personally. Whatever motive I had was to please Joan. I was always easily influenced, and I have been impressionable and always trusting. You know what? She is from Illinois, Jordan, so you should. she should probably sound like oh, Mike yeah. Didga. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> a female <laughs> Mike The only Didka. thought she had was no, that she no. saved her. <laughs> oh, wait, no. I, that's the wrong part. I can do it with the Chicago. No, we're good. I'm just totally totally playing here. After hearing Pizer's account of the murder, the psychiatrist wrote, The only thought she had was that she had saved her friend, Joan Rabel, from an evil person. Mm, She's got a savior complex. Mm -hmm. Yep. At the trial, both women pleaded innocent, Pizer by reason of insanity. Pizer wept as she recounted the night in front of a jury. Reports say Rabel smiled as she was led out of court. The women were charged with first-degree murder, which was reduced to second-degree after they made a plea deal. The judge sentenced them five years to life. That's a bit of a range. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I mean, five, five to, to life. life, you could get out on three on good behavior, otherwise you're fucked. Can you imagine Sebastian Bach singing five to life? <laughs> five to <laughs> life. Because it's five to life to go. <laughs> Is he dead? <laughs> no. Uh, he's still scumming it up, I think, on VH1 shows somewhere. Listen, you gotta get a paycheck somehow. Mm-hmm. According to the LA Times, Pizer was eventually released and remained in the LA area. In 1971, she was made an officer of the Miracle Mile chapter of the Professional Women's Club. Pizer died at 83 in 1998. Well, at least oh. she gotta enjoy... NWA, that's all I'll say. Now that's the truth. Yeah. And the first Slim Shady era. <laughs> that's right. true. That's, yes. Rabel was released at some point, but there's no trace of her after 1970. Betty went on to live a full life, passing away at 81 in 1999. Hey, good for her. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. There's a very... Oh, she got to enjoy the Blair Witch Project. That's mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. True. <laughs> I kicked the map in the fucking river. <laughs> In April of 1958, the L.A. Times published an article criticizing the recent leniency of local judges and prosecutors on criminals. The trick-or-treat murder was cited as an example of women being treated softly in the courtroom. Love, infatuation, obsession, surrender. The line between your thoughts and the thoughts of those you love fiercely sometimes fades away. I hope there was love between the two women at some point. Because another line of investigation that was never followed 
did Betty play a role in her husband's murder? <gasps> that was what I was Ooh. just thinking, because, okay, what was she, in her mind, was she thinking, if I kill the husband of the woman that I uh, presumably am in love with, mm-hmm. is she, Betty going to just take her back? Is this, are we now going to be an yeah. item? Well, or did Betty just have her do it because she missed her? That's what we're trying to get at here, Cody. Okay, well... No, I like it. All theories are... uh, It's good. good. They fucking cut and dried it, and then they fucking gave her five years, and they all got out early. Now, did any of the three ladies get back together after they got out? Not that it's... Not that anybody can see. It seems like they all went their separate ways. Mm, Okay, well... I don't know, Betty. She's awfully quiet during all this. Awfully quiet. I wonder if she testified in court. Or anything. It didn't say in the in the in the write up I read about it. Mm. But. Is there any reason why they chose Halloween in particular, or uh, is it just a convenience thing? I'm pretty sure it was convenient and okay. a good way to wear a disguise to <laughs> yeah. kill okay. somebody. And who knows? Maybe uh, Miss Pizer was like, you know, a shorter and more slender person that could have been mistaken for a kid in a costume. Mm. I'm kind of like, what, what? What would you even dress up? as in 1957 like are you you like Um, going as a nazi officer to door to door like like, red riding hood or a nazi yeah like you're a russian like who are who is the scary thing um, maybe a rockefeller (laughs) there you go like you're not gonna have a barack obama mask obviously or like a nixon mask so what are you going as that's what i'm george washington (laughs) all the masks in heat are out you can't wear any of them can't wear any can't wear a single one if you're if you're still alive from 1957, please email us and tell us what you are on Halloween. I That's bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. What's that? I don't bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at bumblebuttpod, Facebook and Instagram at bumblebuttpodcast. Most important part of this is not the iTunes reviews this time, <laughs> but the fact that this is part one of five mm. leading to our Patreon release oh, on yeah. Halloween. So everyone, Woo. tune in tomorrow. And uh, listen to another episode, mini-sode. We'll see you then. I've been Adam. That's been Jordan. Thank Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Adam. That's been Cody. Thank you, Cody. Thank you, Adam. All right, everybody. Uh, I'll see you tomorrow. Have a good day. Night. (laughs) Good night. Good night.